0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network, featuring tales to terrify and the all-new far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. <laughs> This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello, and welcome to show 446. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Welcome to week three of our Translations Month special. This is, we're going to take four weeks and. Play some stories if you haven't, if you just joined, we'll play some stories that weren't wrote in kind of English as a first language. And we're on to week three now. And this story by Pavel Amuel is called White Curtain. And like I say, if you enjoy these stories, let, let us know Starshipsover at gmail.com. Just you know, see if we if we were going on down the right road. So like I say, this is week three of this Translation Month special. This story was originally written in Russian and then translated into English. And like I said just before there, it is called White Curtain by Pavel Amuel. Translated by Anatolia Belokovsky. It was originally in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, which was reprinted in the year's best SF32 and edited by Gardner Doswaz. I'll give you a little heads up about Pavel. Pavel Emmanuel was born in 1944 in Baku, Azerbaijan, former USSR. He is an astrophysics who predicted in 1968 the existence of X-ray pulsars later confirmed by the US UHURU satellite. His first SF story appeared in Russian in 1959. Since 1990, he lives in Israel, where he taught at Tel Aviv University and edited several newspapers and magazines. His work has won him multiple awards, including the Attila, which I think is how you pronounce it, the Russian equivalent to the Hugo, in 2012. White Curtain, which we're playing here. Is one of several stories and novellas in this multiverse cycle. It is its first publication in English translation and it is the first in audio. How cool is that? Now, like I say, it was translated by Anatolia Belikovsky, who is a Russian-American author and translator of speculative Fiction, He was born in a city that went through six or seven owners in the last century, all of whom used it to be a lot more than just a drive to church on Sundays. He is old enough to remember tanks rolling through on their way to Czechoslovakia in 1968. After being traded to the USA for a shipload of grade and a defector, To be named later, see Wikipedia Jackson Vanek Amendment. He learned English from Star Trek reruns and went on to become a pediatrician in the New York area where English is only the fourth most commonly used language. His work has appeared or will appear in fantasy and science fiction. The Year's Best SF32, edited again by Gardner Does Was, Grim Dog, UFO One, Idiomansan, Nature, Stupefying Stories, Daily SF, Podcastle, Starship Sober, Genius Loci, Cast of Wonders and Toasted Cake, amongst other. And there's a link there too where he blogs that as well. Now, this story is narrated by Tim Mahoney. And Tim just... I just I'd, We've had a couple of stories narrated by Tim, I think. Well, definitely at least one. And it turned out to be kind of a nice friend and I always kind of keep an, eye, keep an eye on him on Facebook and he just you know, kind of does these hero things, you know, he's like on kind of boats fishing here, fishing there, white sand beaches there, everywhere. Tim is one of the chosen few maintaining vigilance watch over a genie in a bottle keeping its pent up fury. Controlled this chosen, chosen watch splits atoms and brings light and wondrous things to the masses. He honed these skills for 20 years beneath deep in a sea of octopus garden and a labyrinth of coral caves on a five fast attack submarines in the U.S. Navy. I I've got a feeling he was, you know what I mean. After escaping Davy John's locker, he continues teaching in the teaching capacity honing his skills of future generations charged with the containing of the genie's wrath. When not protecting humanity, he is an iterant minstrel that lives the illusion that somebody needs him to play. I love that. He lives the illusion that somebody needs him to play. I'm telling you, I'm playing it. Sit down. His travels have taken him to four of the seven continents and his wanderlust compels him to continue traveling until he's been to them all. Armed with an insatiable curiosity, he lives life in a constant state of wonder and amazement at the marvels of this world holds. And like I say, just a great narration as well, Tim. This is brilliant. So, week three of our translation special month. The Starship Sova
0: is very proud to present. White Curtain by Pavel M. Noel. Translated by Anatoly Belalowski. I recognized him immediately, though he had not seen each other for eleven years, having last met under very different circumstances. There was a change in him. He looked older, yet, somehow, better. Hello, Oleg, I said. Hello, Dima. He answered as if we had spent the day before as we used to, in years past, drinking and arguing about the cascading splice theory. I knew you'd come. Sit. No, not on this chair. That's for visitors. Sit here, on the sofa. I sat down and the sofa squeaked in protest. Of course you knew, I said. You are the prophet. I'm no prophet, he said sadly. Who knows that better than you? He spoke more slowly than ever before, enunciating each word to the last syllable. Yes, I said not trying to hide the sarcasm. "'Who better?' "'How did you find me?' Koldig asked. "'With difficulty,' I admitted. "'But I found you. You were—' "'No matter,' he interrupted. "'It does not matter at all what I used to be. "'Why? "'Why what?' "'Why did you come? "'I don't think you came just to make sure it's me. "'You want something from me. "'Everyone does. "'Success? "'Luck?' If there was irony in his voice, I did not notice it. I did not need luck, especially not from him. Irina died last year, I said, looking into his eyes. We had been together for ten years, two months, and sixteen days. He turned away from me to look at the curtain window. What did he see in that blank screen, that white expanse, where all the colors of his life were mixed together? Himself? Young? Walking Irina to a discotheque? Or only Irina? on that long-ago day when yet another dazzling presentation he made at that morning seminar inspired him to believe himself irresistible to women. The day I watched, from the auditorium door, as he proposed to her with his newfound confidence, as she kissed the corner of his mouth and said that he's a little late because she loves another, and cast an eloquent glance in my direction, and he followed it and understood. The day Irina and I left him behind, defeated and deflated, Useless even to himself. The day I saw him for the last time, until now. On the following morning, Oleg Laryanov, previously a promising theoretical physicist, submitted his letter of resignation. The dean, although loath to lose him, would have eventually allowed him to leave on good terms. He stamped the letter with, Approved at the end of semester. But Oleg left without waiting for the response. He left without saying goodbye to anyone. He had been seen boarding the 43 bus in the direction of the train station. Except for that, no one had even an inkling of where he was going. And that was all. Why did she die? Oleg asked, his gaze still on the white screen light curtain. Why did you not save her was what I heard. I could not. I could do nothing. My strength was in theoretical work. I excelled at splice calculations. Perhaps not all, but up to a very high complexity. Up to twelve branches of reality. That's quite a lot. Almost unheard of for an analytical solution. But in reality, there was nothing I could do. Irina fell ill unexpectedly, and died soon after. How soon? She was diagnosed in March, and in July she was gone. "'Brain tumor,' I said. "'Could not have been predicted.' There wasn't a nexus of branching. Theoretically, he interrupted, and I could not decide if his words mocked mine or were a simple statement of fact. I've been looking for you for an entire year, I said, and found you. As you can see, do you remember Gennady Bortman? Oleg turned toward me at last. I had expected something in his gaze. A feeling. Anything. But there was nothing. He looked at me as calmly as a doctor at a patient suffering from a cold. I do remember him, said Oleg. It's a pity. He stayed on the branch, I said, which you predicted for him. Was there anything he could have done? So much depended on Oleg's answer. I did not want to think about my life, but Ira's. Dima, said Oleg, and rubbed his hands together. An old familiar gesture with which he once rubbed chalk dust off his hands after a long presentation, adding it to the floor already littered with chalk crumbs. Dima, he could have chosen any branch in his reality. The months he had until... Of hundreds of decisions, you understand. Each time a new branch grew, but always in the direction. In our reality, I interrupted, only your prophecy could come true. Your branch was stronger, more resilient. Yes, Oleg nodded. My branch had a higher probability, a million times higher. "'In other words,' I said, and it was important for me to be clear, "'so very important that I searched for Oleg for a year, "'an excruciating year of living on memories. "'In other words, for a million possibilities you choose, "'there may be one chance for someone else's choice?' "'Maybe not a million, he said, still rubbing his fingers, "'his gesture irritating me so much that I fought the urge to slap his hands.' maybe 10 million, maybe a hundred billion. There is no way to measure, no statistics. You've had years to compile statistics, I said. You set yourself up as a prophet to compile statistics. Don't try to tell me you didn't. For God's sake, don't tell me you are disillusioned with pure science and became a practicing prophet only to help people. I do help them. Some of them, Oleg. I've been around here for a week. I listen to people waiting for their turn, some for six months. They come every day. They wait and walk away and come back. And once in a while, one of your secretaries will come out and say, He won't see you. Sorry. And it's no use arguing back. And some, people you pick out from the crowd, you'll see them right away. Only them. Predict the a happy, creative life with luck in business and personal fulfillment. Have I been wrong? Never. You're 100% reliable. This means you choose the necessary branch of the multiverse with an accuracy at least ten sigmas. Eight sigmas, he corrected. I've compiled enough records for eight sigmas. I need another three years. The hell with that, I said. I look for you so that... It is impossible, Dima. Oleg stopped rubbing non-existent chalk off his fingers, put his hands on his knees and looked me in the eyes. You know it's impossible. You were the one who proved the theorem, according to which... Yes, I nodded. I proved it. If in branch N of the multiverse, the world line of object A is a segment of length L, this line cannot be extended within its branch by grafting it to other realities. You proved it. And what do you want from me now, Dima? Ira does not exist in this here and now. You could not keep her. I could not. You could not hold on to her, Oleg repeated. And what is it to us that our Arisha? He said, our... He still lived with the feeling that she had only temporarily left him for another and would come back. Our Erisha is still alive in a billion other branches of the multiverse? You could, I said. You are a genius at splicing. You can tie branches together and graft them, like Mitrin grafted an apple branch to a pear tree. And how did it end? Oleg chuckled. Mitrin, Burbank. Lysenko. You won't even try? I yelled. Oleg stood up and walked toward the window, as if to put as much distance between us as possible. As if my presence made it hard for him to breathe, to think, to live. I tried. All the time I tried, he said, his voice as hollow as if he spoke underwater. You, I mumbled in confusion. He could not have known about Ira. I can do nothing for myself, you see. Think, Dima. You are one hell of a theoretician. If I am in Branch N that all possible splices that can change my fate are bound by the causality of that branch. Yes, I proved that in my third year of study, I said. But you said that you tried. I couldn't avoid trying. What if the theory were wrong? We sat in silence, each thinking about what had been said. And how did you know about Ira? Oleg turned and looked at me with a silent accusation. Well, Dima, if you found me, you didn't have to look for me. I checked the university webpage every day. I knew about everything that went on. I could not stand not knowing. That never entered my mind, I muttered. I would have figured out where you are long ago. I doubt it, he said. I took measures. When Ira died, the Alumni Association ran an obituary the same day. I tried right there and then. God, Dima... I leaped from branch to branch like a neurotic monkey, sliced more realities than I had ever allowed myself before. And... After that, never again. I didn't... Of course you didn't feel a thing. Sorry, I said. I'm not myself today. Stupid. I should have known. I could not feel a break. My reality was contiguous with my past. You had hundreds of realities, and in all of them Ira died, and I was always late, I made it to the funeral in 176 branches. "'You went to 176 funerals?' I said, horrified. He didn't say anything, and I understood why he looked so old to me. I would have gone mad in his place. "'Then,' I said, "'there was nothing?' "'You are the only one who proved that theorem,' said Oleg roughly. "'I never found experimental evidence to the contrary.' "'So that's how it is,' I muttered. "'Something hit me all at once. "'A year's worth of fatigue, perhaps. "'And maybe now I made decisions one after another, "'each taking me to a different branch, "'each branch beginning with. "'So that's how it is,' parroted over and over. "'Well, that is all,' said Oleg, and stood up abruptly. "'He reached to shake my hand. "'Its fingers were, for some strange reason, "'dusted with chalk. "'Enough with the histrionics.' You lived by hope alone for a year, looking for me, and I lost hope a year ago and had the time I needed to come to terms with it. I can do nothing for you, Dima. Not a thing. I stood up. Leaving? Oleg asked, his voice flat without giving me his hand. You looked for me for such a long time. We could have coffee. Dinner. You could tell me about the university. Did Kulikov defend his dissertation? You've been on their website, I shrugged. No, not since. You, I said from Ndore, you splice realities to make lives better. Of course, he nodded. And those you turn away? So that's the question. He came closer and with a long familiar gesture put both his hands on my shoulders. His palms were unpleasantly heavy and I sagged like Atlas under the weight of the sky. You think I turn away those whose fate I cannot channel in a better direction? He said, looking straight into my eyes. He did not even blink, and I tried not to blink as well. "'You are mistaken, Dima. I have rules.' "'Well, not quite rules. I want nothing to do with unpleasant people, or with people whose happiness depends on the suffering of others. I choose, yes. Do you think I have no right?' "'Oh, come on,' I muttered. "'It's just that you thought of what I could have done for you.' "'No,' I chuckled. "'You would not do this, and it's not what I would want.' You do want, he said roughly. Don't lie. Your eyes betray you. You want to be happy. Everyone does. You want her specter to stop haunting you. You want to forget. No. Fine. To remember. Just about enough to light a candle. That is sufficient. And live a happy life. You came to have your life spliced with a branch where you're happy and prosperous. No, I said, but blinked and lowered my eyes. I wanted that. So what? This he could do, I knew. I also knew he would not lift a finger to help me. Yes, he sighed and pressed even harder, or did I imagine it, on my shoulders. You know, Dima, when you came in and we recognized each other, the first thing I did was run through a list of splices in my head that I could have made. For you. Even if you had not asked me, I decided to do it. Because to live without Ira, I know how it was for me. But I cannot do anything for myself, because of your damned theorem. But I could help you. Yes. Or else what purpose do I have? He took his hands from my shoulders at last, and I stood straight, feeling suddenly light. Was it the lifting of that weight that made me feel relieved? Or thinking, for a moment, Oleg can. Oleg will? There isn't a single line in all of the multiverse, he said, where all is well for you, not one. What can I do with that? "'Nonsense!' I exclaimed and stepped back from him. "'You know that's nonsense. Why do you even—' "'We discussed this problem since—' "'Yes, we've discussed,' he interrupted. "'The multiverse is infinite,' I exclaimed. "'There is an infinite number of branches of reality, "'and all without exception can be embodied as our reality, "'any version of any event, phenomenon, process, and that means—' "'That means,' said Oleg regretfully, "'that you are right, not I.' You prove there's only a finite number of branches, because the wave function for each event has a limited number of solutions. Yes, but since then... But I... Oleg raised his voice. I maintained that there is an infinity of branches, and in the multiverse's infinity, there must exist all possibilities of human fate, happy and unhappy. I was sure, but now I know I was wrong. The branching of destinies is limited, Dima. Forgive me. I wanted, very much, at least an iris memory... It's no use. There is a huge number of versions of your life, but none where you are happy. Well then, I said, feeling an emptiness in my soul which I knew could never be filled. We've resolved an old scientific debate. For once, you have admitted that I'm right. The branching is finite, he said. Aren't you happy to be right? Did he intentionally torment me? Farewell, I said. The door closed quietly behind me. Three of the Prophet's secretaries sat at their computers, not even lifting their eyes to me. The office hours are over for today, the ceiling speaker screeched, and dozens of people crowded into the waiting room, side as one with disappointment. It was windy outside, and a drizzle soaked my hair. The rented car was parked two blocks away, and by the time I sat behind the wheel my shirt was plastered to my body, and thoughts had deserted me entirely, all thoughts but one. Who needs a life like this? I drove slowly in the right lane, without knowing where I was, in what part of the city, until I saw a dead-end sign. I turned toward the curb and killed the engine. We had debated once with Oleg. Not just us. It was a popular question 15 years ago in theoretic everetics. Is there a limited number of events in the world of continuous branchings? I said, yes, it is limited, and my arguments... God, I had no idea I could win a debate and lose my own life. Rain. It will always be raining now. The phone rang. Its ringtone, a Hungarian dance by Brahms. I fumbled in my bag and brought the phone to my ear. Dima! I did not recognize the voice at first. It was Mikhail Natanovich, the doctor who treated but could not save Irina. Dima, I've been calling you all day. My phone was off, I said. No matter. I wanted to tell you. Today's test results are much better than before. Much better. This new drug, it's really... Dima, I think it will all turn out for the best now. Do you hear me, Dima? We'll turn up for the best. New drug. Ira. How is she? I asked, squeezing the phone as if I wanted to break it. Slept well all night. Ira? Irina Yakalovina had breakfast this morning, for the first time. Yes, I said. Thank you for calling. I will be at the hospital no later than nine this evening, as soon as I can get there. I dropped the phone on the seat next to me. Oleg succeeded? How? He said himself, not quite an hour ago, that there's a limited number of splices, that if she died, then... Was he mistaken? Or did he accomplish that which he himself considered impossible, or found an infinity of branches, and among them, one in which everything, simply everything, works out? I lifted the receiver and dialed his number. It was my duty to thank him, at least. I need to speak with Oleg Nikolaevich. I said when one of his secretaries answered. Unfortunately, this is Matsev, his old friend and colleague. I was just with him and what to... Unfortunately, repeated a voice as gray as the rain beyond my window. It's impossible. Ola Nikolaevich passed away immediately after you left. How could that happen? He had appeared healthy and acted perfectly well, then. And... I do not understand, I muttered. How is this? The police are here now, the secretary said. I think they might want to speak with you. You were his last visitor of the day. Ten minutes after you left. Out with it! Oleg Nikolaevitch threw himself out the window, and we are on the sixth floor, I finished for him. This is how it ends, I thought. He pushed the white curtain out of the way and stepped through. Rain ended. I drove to the airport as fast as I could go. At nine I had to be at the hospital with Irina. My Irina! I was right after all. There is a limited number of splices. Oleg proved it conclusively this time. He said he could do nothing with his fate. Of course, except for one thing. He could interrupt it. Only then could my fate where Ira died be spliced with the branch where she survived. You can extend one branch by cutting off another. The law of conservation. Oleg knew. Why did he do this? He had every reason to hate me. What would I have done in his place, knowing there was only one possibility? What am I? A theoretician. Oleg worked in practical, experimental everetics. He did what I could only guess at, or calculate. I sped up, no longer watching the speedometer. I knew that Irina and I, that all will be well. How can I live knowing that? (laughs)
1: you have an airbnb your home
0: might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: there you go big thank you to pavel amuel pavel what can i say this is just a little bit of class there sir and translated thank you so much antonia belakoski narrated by tim as well tim marooney thank you so much gentlemen that is Starship Sova. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, just like to see. Good night from me. Will our heroes survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honor and artistic judgment? Tune in next week for the next exciting installment of Starship Sova. This presentation has been brought to you by The District of Wonders Network Dedicated to podcasting the finest Genre fiction You can learn more about The District of Wonders And their many
0: literary For free shipping and 365 day returns.
1: Productions at their website,
0: www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening.